two, one. Uh, okay, sports fans, welcome to another edition of the uh, TMG podcast. Uh, this is Chris Dufresne of TMG, joined um, by most of the u- uh, usual and unusual suspects. We have uh, Coach Tony Barnhart calling in from, uh, I assume you're back home in beautiful Georgia. Tony? Yes, sir, I, I am. And Mark Blauchin from Situate. and. Uh, Tom Lucci is back with us this week. Um, are you, Tom, do you live in Piscataway, or where, what's the actual... No, no, I live in, in, in Old Bridge, New Jersey, which is not far from Piscataway. Okay. Actually, so. And then uh, Herb is, uh, I think, is, is, is probably making the turn right now somewhere in Scottsdale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 enough about that. Before we get started to an exciting week, we are, we are, we are very excited to announce that we have a sponsor... Uh, for our podcast. How about that? This is big time. And so we're proud to introduce Appba Games as a sponsor of the TMG podcast. Um, as a discerning listener of this podcast, you sports fans, college football fans have shown that you are more knowledgeable than the average football fan. And we know that to be true. And with Appba football, you have a chance to use your football knowledge to coach real live, live college football players. And uh, we're going to get into this a little bit uh, into the podcast because uh, Jersey Guy is an avid, uh, he'll do an avid testimonial for this. He's been playing this game since he was a kid when it used to be played with cards. Uh, Now it is, well, and he's right. Uh, Okay. He used to to drive his Model P. That's right. That's right. And, uh. So this is, you know, APA, we're, we're really excited to have them as a sponsor, and that's APBAGames.com, and uh, we'll, you know, Mark will give his the testimonial, we'll bring out the tissues, and he'll start reminiscing about his childhood. I have some good stories, a uh, Christmas story. Uh, does it involve a, a red rifle at all? And uh, Very close. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get to the, the exciting news. Uh, um, the college football r- ranking, and we knew we, we kind of knew last week that it might come down to uh, uh, to a, a controversial finish. And in many ways, uh, and I'll get into this a little bit. We basically have, you know, I think the BCS again on steroids. We just kind of moved the the argument down two more spots. Uh, but anyway, the big news, of course, Alabama getting the last spot over Ohio State. And uh, a lot of controversy surrounding this, uh, and it really came down to what did you like more? I mean, did you like Ohio State's uh, victories, or did you not like their horrendous loss at Iowa? Um, and let's bring in, bring in, uh, uh, bring in the coffer from. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> we'll bring in Tony. We'll bring in Tony on this since Tony has not only his alma mater in the playoff, he has uh, two SEC teams again, and uh, you kind of foresaw this happening. Um, and just give us your thought about why Alabama got the spot. Ultimately, what it came down to was exactly what you just said, Chris. Uh, if Ohio State beats Iowa on the road, then we're not having this discussion. Not only did they lose to them on the road, they lost badly. They lost by 31. And what the committee did was, hey, the easy decision would have been to pick Ohio State because then you could invoke the conference championship clause 
and then you could say they've got more quality wins than Alabama. But what the committee did is, you know what? Those things are true, but as I watch these teams, Ohio State is really inconsistent, and frankly, I don't think they're as good as Alabama. And uh, that, that, and I, you know, Blau and I have talked a lot about this. Is when you've got coaches in the room, right. that means a, that means a lot to those coaches because they look at the film, they put it, they, they put it up there and look at it and says, I know what the resume says, but this team is better. And our, t- our charge, in, it says there right in the bylaws, is to choose the four best teams. I think that I think they sent a message here that moving forward, that we'll see what, what happens in the future. But they said, you know what? We've been going strictly by resume, and the semifinals have not been all that good. Let's really make an effort to put the four best teams in the 12. And that's what happened. Yeah. Um, the the only I, I agree with all of that. It, the only part I don't uh, that uh, that is kind of a little bit suspect is that I think a month ago we all thought Alabama was the number one team, no question. But yep. in, in the last their last two games, uh, not against Mercer, uh, they struggled to beat Mississippi State, uh, and then they got flat out beat at Auburn by double digits. And I thought they were a flawed, somewhat vulnerable. Now how that. How they how flawed compared to Ohio State? I think was the question. Well, that's, uh, that's the key. Anybody, Tom? That ultimately, that ultimately, Chris, is the key. Is that no doubt Alabama was flawed. Ohio State was more flawed. Uh, Tom Lucci, uh, Jersey guy number one or two, depending on how you want to look at it. Do you have any any problem with what the committee did? No, you know, I, I used to remember I used to vote on that old BCS poll too. One of the few media members, Harris poll, uh, Harris poll, right? Yeah, the Harris poll. Obviously, it was a, a, 
Clemson's number one, and guess what? They're a one-point underdog to Alabama. Yeah, well. Right, but, but, but listen, Bob, five through 130 are not that good. I agree. I agree. That's why they're the fourth best team, you know? Right, and, and there's a counter to everything. Blau, you just said it. Don't lose the second game unless you're Auburn, which would have gotten in as a two loss, right? Auburn would have been in with two losses. Probably, yeah, but you're right. You're right. Probably, absolutely, would have been in with two losses. So yeah, they would have been a champion too, though. They would have been the SEC champion, which I think counts some. You know, although they've ignored it, the Big Ten the last two years, the Big Ten champion has not gotten in. As, has not gotten into the playoffs. Well, that's a problem. I think that's a problem in a system where you were trying to reward winning conference championships. Uh, the Pac-12, uh, which I think is another story, not not just because they didn't get in, and I don't think USC deserved to get in, but to, they finished as close to the AAC champion, Central Florida, as they did to the getting a playoff spot in in a league. Uh, you know where where they ended up. USC ended up with the number sixteen schedule in the country. Uh, and that's a real, you know, the problem with what with the Pac-12 is, is, and I want to get into this a little bit, but how you schedule, I think, is what we've got to talk about. The Pac-12 lost out because its two best teams lost Friday night games by single digits on the road, um, and you know because of tell, you know, Alabama has Alabama ever played on a Friday night, Tony? That you that you. That you no. <laughs> Right. So they're not going to do that. So these these are the larger questions. My my only, my problem is not what happened this year. Uh, nobody is going to believe me. Nobody's going to feel sorry for Ohio State or, or Urban Meyer, who you know all three of his national championships had a degree of good fortune. You know, starting in two thousand six with Florida beating out uh, Michigan by decimal points. Uh, you know, uh, uh, he lost at home. Florida lost at home in 2008 in the Tebow speech, and they made it. And Ohio State lost at home in 2014 and, and won the national title. My, my problem is is the Power Five conferences that are not playing by the same set of rules. And I think, you know, three of the conferences play nine uh, games in league, and two of them play eight. Um, and I don't know that you, you can ever have a true uh, fair system uh, – Unless everybody's doing the same thing, am I wrong here? No, you're not wrong, but it's but that's not going to happen. Well, put it this way: if the pack if the Pac-12 wants to go back to playing eight conference games like those other, they're certainly free to do that. Right, but the the agree every conference every listen college football, and I keep trying to tell people this: it's not the NFL. There is not uniformity. Every conference determines their their self determining how they decide their champion. And you're not you. There is no authority or no vehicle to make the SEC or the ACC play nine conference games. That is a choice. Well, it's also, it also a choice for the Big Twelve and the Big Ten and the Pac-12. Was there not yet? Yeah, right. Was there not though, Tony, a gentleman's agreement that all the the leagues would eventually go to nine games, and that the SEC decided after the fact, and the ACC said we've changed our mind and we're going to stay at eight. I, I, I am not aware of that. That mean it didn't happen, but I'm not, I'm not aware of it. And listen, what's interesting about that, there is one coach in this conference who has been consistently right. on the record as to wanting to play nine conference games. Nick Saban. You know, 
That's exactly right. Right, and that's... Nick, Nick, Nick Saban wants to play nine conference games. Well, sure, Tony. Because he, I mean, he's on three and 52. Is, is, are the other coaches records against them? I'd play, wouldn't play 10 if I were in Nick. Well, it's exactly. a, well, this is the, the problem. The, it, it, as you said, there's nothing you can do about it. Some leagues have, I mean, the SEC has 14 teams. They play eight games. Uh, Auburn and Georgia have played two times uh, in the last month. Auburn, I mean, Alabama and uh, Georgia have played two times in eight years, I think, is, is what it's going to end up being uh, because of these divisional things. Uh, so, you know, that's the thing. You, you can't, it's, you got eight into 14, you got nine into 12. Um, all these little things, uh, and I guess my question is, and I think Blau, you had a good idea. I don't know if you heard it was Dan Levitard or something. Uh, how to uh, rectify even the four or five problem? Tell tell everybody what uh, what that solution might be. Well, I was listening, I was listening to radio, and I, I, I've known Dan Levitard for you know since he was a student in Miami, and, and I like I like his show. I mean, it, it, it's entertaining for the most part. But he came up with an idea which I, I hadn't heard uh, mentioned before by anyone with all these theories, and it makes sense to me, is have the committee settle on the first three teams, but then say four and five, you know, have to play in for the one spot. I mean, and that way, that gives uh, that gives everyone an opportunity, all five conferences an opportunity to get there, obviously, uh, in a pay-per-view year, and it settles the Ohio State-Alabama question, and the way to do it would be to play – to play the that one game, one game before Christmas. Oh, time out, time out. <laughs> this year, huh? work. What would have happened to USC? If Pac-12 would not be represented. Well, so what? They didn't. They were in the top five. <laughs> they were in the top five. Well, the whole point was to get everybody represented. All five powers. You have a chance. No, have a chance. Represented. You know, it's 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 a flawed system, but it's it gives the opportunity for everyone to have a chance. That's all it does. Without well, I guess Pac-12 is out because Alabama would have played Ohio State. No, this year, this year, correct. Yeah, that's what I'm so already it's got a flaw to it. If you're trying to you're trying to be inclusive, it already has a flaw. <laughs> you're missing a point, Luke. I, I didn't say it was perfect. I said it it, it solves the problem that if if the USC had lost to Notre Dame. Then you got the three teams. Then you got to make a decision. One of them gets left out, but those two teams will play. So, so you could have technically you could, you could have five five champions in. But also the other problem is you could have three three schools from one three teams from uh, three teams from one conference in there as well. If you, if you go by the top four, so it's still a flawed system. But it, but at least it, it alleviates it a little bit. I'm not saying it's a solution. Well, uh, you, you know. What happens when you listen to radio? <laughs> well, guys, at, at the end of at the end of the day, the uniformity that people seem to want to have, the clear, you know, if you do this, you get that. Just like the NFL, this system is fascinating because of its flaws, because of the warts, because of the debate, and college football is on the front burner this week. Nobody's even talking much about the NFL because they're talking about this. Yeah, well. And, and I, I, I'm just, just, you know, we all talk to these folks who run college football a lot. They're loving this. I mean, yeah. They're loving it. Have you seen the ticket prices to the semifinals? Oh, my word. Yeah, well, <laughs> we can, I think we, that might, let's talk a little bit about that because for all the controversy involved, 
uh, in the last week, the actual uh, you know bowl pairings are pretty good. I mean the uh, the, the, the semifinals fantastic uh, games, uh, uh, and I don't think and even the uh, the other New Year's uh, six games, USC versus Ohio State in the uh, Cotton Bowl instead of the Fiesta. Now uh, what happened there? For my hello, hello, is a caller there? The, the first caller wins a. Lee press on nails. Okay. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Is that Jalen Hurts again calling? Uh, not not Jalen. It, it looked like the uh, Red Cross or something. Oh, that's they've looked, at, they've looked at my early picks. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you getting back to the uh, the bowl games? Uh, USC and, and uh, Ohio State. Terrific. The Rose Bowl has two cr- terrific games, not in their stadium. Uh, but uh, the, Ohio State and uh, USC was was you know, USC was headed for the Fiesta Bowl, but when Ohio State didn't make the playoff, Ohio State has been to the Fiesta Bowl so many times that its fans base and uh, you know just uh, were you know were not interested in doing that again. So I think they just flipped that and put uh, Washington and Penn State into the Fiesta, which is fine and dandy. Um, the, are the the Rose Bowl, Georgia and uh, o- Oklahoma. Who's got a problem with that? And then uh, the the Sugar, you got a rematch. Uh, last year's championship game. Who's got a problem with that? I don't. Anybody got a problem with anything? No. Even, even the Peach Bowl has Central Florida against Auburn. That's a, that's an interesting game. I mean, just for 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 just you know, see what happens with what Central Florida can do against a really good defense. Right. Well, that and I mean, that's one of the great things. That's, Great things about the playoff structure and the selection committee. You can sit, in, intelligent people can sit in a room and say, you know, Ohio State's been the Fiesta Bowl a million times. Let's put them somewhere else, okay? And under the old system, you know, the, the bowls had some control. And oh no, 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 I'm just saying, as you know, aside from the semifinals, this is a much better system and gets you the, invariably it gets you the higher ranked teams. Playing the higher ranked teams in the bowls. Yeah, I, guys, the best, the best thing. One of my biggest criticisms when I went to the BCS system was when they spread those games out. They took away New Year's Day. New Year's Day used to be college football's day. Right. The NFL backed off of it, but then they lost it because they got so greedy by by spacing the games out. Well, I mean, this year is a little bit different because New Year's Eve is on a Sunday, which is NFL Day. But the whole weekend, it, it, um, New Year's Day's got three great games. Uh, New Year's Eve's got a great, I mean, great game. Um, the, the 29th Friday and Saturday, they, they all have good games. So it's a, it's a college football weekend, which is the way it should be. Right, and uh, this would be a good time to remind uh, our, our listeners that we're going to have a TMG Bowl Picks. Uh, we'll have more information on that uh, this week on our website. But we did it for the NCAA tournament. It was a it was a blast. Uh, and uh, you basically just you know pick against us. You go to the ESPN page and join our group, and then you can pick against the experts because some of us did so well during the regular season on our our, our picks against the spread. Uh, we just we just we feel that we we owe it to the people to uh, you know to continue this. Um, so yeah, really good games. One last thing before we get into our halftime show. Uh, the only thing I have to say about this system is I'm fine with it, but don't don't put in mission statements and you know these disclaimers of 
uh, you know, conference championships matter when they they don't. Uh, or say, play people. You will be rewarded if you play people. Uh, okay, but the teams that made the playoff uh, had uh, just looked at the Sagarin rate, ratings. Alabama fifty six, Clemson eight. No no problem there. Then you got thirty seven and twenty nine. Uh, that that's not you know you know that's that is not I guess I don't know what happened there. I don't know how Alabama has plays in the best division with, with which the SEC West is and ends up with that kind of uh, SOS is that's kind of a mind boggling stat. Uh, well, Florida State was not Florida State. That, that, that had a lot to do with it. Right. I'm just saying that their, their, their strength of schedule playing in the best division in football, which it, it is. By Sagarin's own rankings have the SEC West number one, but they have uh, that the team that's in that division representing the playoff is 56 schedule strength. Is, it's a little, I guess Mercer probably drags them down a little bit or a lot of bit. Uh, so, um, anyway. Let's By the way, before you move on, maybe you can suggest to the Pac-12 people they say you should get a new uh, non-conference alliance instead of the Big Ten. <laughs> Seriously, I think the Big Ten is hurting the Pac-12, believe it or not. How's that? Well, because they play each other. You know, it seems like everybody plays. Every Pac-12 seems to play a Big Ten. The Big Ten, since it expanded, has become so diluted, it's terrible. Um... It's bad in basketball. It's bad in football. And I think expansion was probably the worst thing to happen to that league. Well, you could say, yeah. Nebraska, Maryland, or Rutgers contributed. Right. Ask, ask Nebraska how good that move has been for Nebraska. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying, they, the, the new company, with the exception of Penn State, which was 20-something years ago, they've added nothing. They really, Penn State doesn't add anything in basketball. Well, so these all these expansion moves... I think seriously. I, I think that's the Big Ten's biggest problem. Well, I think. Luch, the Luch, the Luch, follow the money. Forty-five million dollars a year. I understand, but it's completely. That's, 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 that's end, of the, end of discussion. That's all I got. It doesn't make the product any better. That's better. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it matters if you're the Pac-12 trying to get some good strength they don't, schedule. No, they, it just uh, well, you know, the Pac-12 has their own problems, and a lot of them are internal. Uh, and and in scheduling, you know, giving making one team play twelve straight weeks, uh, these Friday night games after Saturday road games. Uh, so, like I said, it's up to every conference to decide uh, what they want to do. And one conference clearly has it figured out. <laughs> so we'll just say that. Uh, and let's let's take a halftime break and and again plug our our new sponsor at Ba Games, and we're gonna get bring in Mark Blauchin to, to do a testimonial, but. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is really exciting because this is a game where you know you kind of become the coach. You 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 get to control everything on the field. You get to control uh, uh, the, the, what defense you're going to play, uh, what your positions are going to be on offense. You can decide your substitutions on your line and backfields as the game goes on. You get to call the plays and name the players who will carry the ball. This is you know this is deep stuff. Who's going to throw it? Who's going to be your punter? Who's going to be your kicker? Uh, and all these sorts of things that you control. Um, and Mark, we'll bring you in to talk, give a heartwarming testimonial, testimonial because you played this as a kid. I think with George W. Bush, right? You and and, and uh, one of the Bush. Both, both, both the president and his son, right? But to tell you the truth, I mean, the, the, the football stuff is great, and I played that a lot. But but what the real draw of APBA baseball was baseball. 
I mean, to me, growing up as a kid, I mean, in, in New Jersey, uh, I want to tell you, Christmas was fine, but but the highlight of my year, and, and I had a buddy named Roland Johnson, every, every February, we would look forward to the next year's cards. It was all cards and based on boards in all situations. And when the, when, when, when the, the, the cards for the, for the season came out, you, you sent your money in, you sent your money into Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and then you waited two or three, you know, two or three weeks into early March, and I would go, go home every day from school, ask my mother, did mail come? And finally, when those cards came, it was like Christmas morning for me, because I, I, I was playing baseball games in March, and the American League, National League, every game, stats, everything, and it was a fun game, and it was two games when I was a kid, Stratomatic and APPA Baseball, and, and, and to me, APA Baseball was by far the best, and I had great time. I played those, I came for several years in high school, I mean, and it was, like I said, and you got to know players, you got to, I got to know division by figuring out averages, so everything about it was great as far as I was concerned. Well, that's, that's, uh, that's very exciting. We're excited. This cool. is like, uh, uh, you know, the great, uh, all those shows of the past, uh, uh, Milton Burrow had it was like sponsored by Texaco, and you right. had you know this is like in in Coach uh, Coach uh, Coach Bear Bryant had uh, uh, what was it Tony Golden Flakes, Golden Flakes and Coca Cola, Coca Cola. Uh, so we're we're proud to be you know sponsored and, and kind of join the, the, you know these other legends Milton Burrow. Uh, Bear Bryant, I, mean, we're, I think <laughs> I think we're right there. Anyway, let's let's get move on and get into the second half and and start wrapping this up. Um, and again, we're uh, oh, we have to mention a producer here is saying oh to mention the game again. APA um, and the the website is apbagames.com. That's a I'm going to do my announcer voice apbagames.com. All right. Let's get uh, into the second half and close it out. Uh, boy, the coaching search, coaching hires. Um, what in what universe? And uh, t- Tony, you may defend this or not, but you know Jimbo Fisher had I would not call it his best year at Florida State. Uh, even after losing his quarterback uh, to, in the opener, which is you know it was a huge blow, but. A lot of a lot of look when when Ohio State loses a quarterback, they have no problem putting in the next guy, or even the third stringer. They want a national title with their third string quarterback. Um, but off a five and six season in which he was involved, he gets a seventy five million dollar contract. What is wrong with this picture, if anything? Is, is this a great country? Or I guess. Tell it. <laughs> Listen, here's the deal. Texas A&M has everything you need to be successful. They've got money. They've got all that oil money coming in, okay? Uh, I took a tour of their facilities. They pumped over $450 million into Kyle Field and the football facilities. Their locker room looks something out of the, the flight deck of the Starship Enterprise. <laughs> it's unbelievable <laughs> what they haven't had. Rock star coach who can put it all together. Now, Jimbo Fisher's got a national championship. They've been very consistent, and he—they said we're going to get this guy. We are going to make him an offer he cannot refuse. And when you put that kind of money on the table, combined with everything else, at a time when great recruiting territory, Texas is still down. They're not back yet. It, it, it was an opportunity he couldn't pass up. And the other part of it is, it was time for him to go. 
both sides of Florida State had had as much of each other as they could stand. He wanted to go, and quite honestly, the president and the athletic director wanted him to go. There you so, go. And, uh, and he lands on his feet. Once again, this separation of money that gets separated from the, the players – uh, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, if a coach made one or two million, that was a lot of money. And you could still justify, I could personally justify the scholarship model for the player as being a pretty good incentive for, uh, you know, actually risking your, your life and limb. But now when coaches are making 10 and $15 million and players are still doing the same thing they did 10 years ago with additional stipends and, uh, you know, little little trinkets, but... Uh, Tom Lucci, uh, is this? Uh, we we know call we, we know the system is whacked. But what you know, what is, message does this send to the the intercollegiate model uh, in, in in college football? I think two things, Chris. I, I, well, first of all, I don't know how we reconcile not getting compensation for players when coaches are getting this much money because uh, I can't listen to a school cry poverty. You know, when they're paying the coaches this much money. You just can't listen to it. The other thing, I think it, it just tilts things a little bit more in the direction of there has to be a super league, a super conference. You know, a super division, Right, perhaps, right, right. Of the five powers and 60 schools, whatever the number is. I, I just don't know how, you know, we can we can stay on the same field with, you know, the, the UABs and uh, the Conference USA schools and, you know... I, it's just the separation is just becoming incredibly wide now. So, I mean, I think it, it just is pushing us more towards that one super division for the Power Five schools. And if the AAC wants to be the sixth, so be it. Although, I, I you know, you, you think of a school like Connecticut, where are they going to get that kind of money to, to compete? You know, so most yeah. of the schools in that, in that conference are not going to have that kind of money. So, um, yeah, I think, I think we're just moving closer and closer to that. Is it going to happen in five years? Probably not, but in 10, maybe. Well, you know, and I don't think you can, you know, the bowl gift bag, as nice as it is, I don't think that the players, you know, I think the players are going, wait a minute. You know, so I get well, there's a, like a $500 limit on that, isn't it? Right, there is. Yeah. But, yeah, but, you know, so as this is happening, I can understand fully the people that complain about the Leonard Fournettes and McCaffreys that sit out bowl games to protect their interests at the next level. Um, and we saw last year with uh, the Michigan tight end that blew his knee out, Jake Butt, right? I don't know if he's still playing, if he started playing in the NFL. Uh, it's just, it, 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 and it also, with, with these lawsuits that are churning through the system, with players uh, filing against the NCAA, it gives a lot more credence, I think, to their side. And I don't know, you know, where this is going to end up um, and whether you're going to have to pay some of them, you're going to have to pay the revenue sports, but I, I, I don't think this is this is going to end well. And then I'm talking talking five to ten years. Mark Blauchin, what do you think about this? Well, here, here's the thing, guys, and I think it's an interesting. I mean, the, 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 the hire that, that that interests me the most because it's so unusual is what Arizona State is doing with Herm Edwards. I mean, everyone is going, where did that come from? Well, the interesting thing about Arizona State is they they've wiped away all pretense. I mean, basically they said Herm Edwards is the CEO. They're going to hire a general manager. They're going to have a, 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 like it's an NFL team. which uh, So I don't know how they, how they make that work or if that works at all, but at least the pretense is over about the student-athletes and all this stuff about, you know, uh, they're, they're treated like it's, a, like it's a franchise business, and let's see if that works. I, it, most people think it won't, and Herb Edwards is, is talking 
his press conference was really bizarre, and, and some of the answers he gave. Well, I'm, I'm curious to see how that works. Well, here's something too. I, I, I can add it from having had college administrative experience. Uh, you know, the, when they started giving the stipend to the student athletes, and they had to do it across the board. You know, not just football, but right. you know, because it's Title Nine, all all sports. We had we had meeting after meeting at, at Rutgers, and you know, I, I was fortunate to be part of that inner circle. We're trying to figure out where we're going to get this money, additional money from, and it wasn't a mind-blowing amount to a, to an SEC school, but to a school like Rutgers, which annually has a deficit. They were trying to figure out how how they going to come up with another million, million and a half dollars yeah. to compensate these athletes, and it was a lot of money to Rutgers at the time. Now, in three years or four years, when they get a full Big Ten check, it might not be, but at the same time, the costs are going to rise for what the student athletes are going to want. Right. Yeah, it's. So uh, I don't know. Again, I don't know how some of these other schools are going to compensate, you know, the players because you, you have to abide by Title IX, so you have to spread it across all sports, men's yeah. and women's, and and it presents a, a financial burden. Well, the the answer is they're not going to do it. They're not going to be able to do it, and and the gap between the Power Five and the Group of Five is going to continue to get larger and larger and larger. And then the group, I believe at some point the group of five is going to have to make a really hard decision. And that hard decision is to quit trying to play with the big boys because you're just going broke doing that. I mean, yeah. you, and to form your own division within the NCAA and play for your own championship. Yeah, and they don't, want to, yeah. they don't want to hear it, but you know what? They're going to, they're going to go broke. It's, it's kind of like the Russians in the United States. The Russians went broke trying to keep up. The arms build up, and eventually, uh, gave, you know, the Soviet Union sort of dismantled. The analogy is the same. These schools are going to go completely broke trying to keep up. With the big well, here's here's Tony. Here's the problem with that, and it's not in the revenue sports. It's in the non-revenue sports. Is that even the Power Five uh, conference schools need inventory? And so, like, you have a conference out here in the West, the, the WCC, nice little conference, no, no football, but you know, really good in basketball, and so they get basketball revenue. But the problem is down at the baseball level, where you, know, you get 11 scholarships, and you have to divide those scholarships up. Well, the Pac-12, with all its new money and all these, you know, they want to raise the scholarship limit. They want 13 scholarships at their, for the baseball team instead of 11. Well, that means that LMU and Pepperdine, all these really good baseball schools are going to be at a competitive disadvantage and you can't destroy uh, your inventory. And that's, I, I think the power five, the more money they get, they have to, you know, prop up um, the, 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 the group of five and all these other leagues just because, you know, they can't, they need, they need people to play in these other sports. You can't destroy programs and then you have no inventory. So it's a, it's a delicate balance, I think, don't you know? Don't you think? Yeah, I don't think, don't think they're worried about the other sports, though, too, to be honest with you. I mean, this, this is all football-driven. I know. You, know, you, can, be, you can be inclusive in, in basketball and have everybody, you know, in plenty of inventory, but, you know, I don't think it precludes, like, the Super Conference from playing other, you know, uh, the, the non-Power Fives. But, but if they don't... I, I hear what you're saying. It's just, it's just not the direction that they seem to want to move in. And this is being golf football driven, right? If you're if you're USC baseball or UCLA baseball, and and Pepperdine, uh, LMU, and Irvine or whatever drop baseball because they can't afford it, then you you know who are you going to play? You know you got to play sixty games a year. You can't all. You know, I, you, I guess you just play entire you know an entire conference schedule. I, I guess so. 
Uh, I just think they've got to take care. You know, you got to be careful what you wish for with this with these money drives. But you know, and also uh, getting back to the NFL model with what ASU is trying to do uh, in the in the NFL model, the players get paid. You know, so this structure is not for the players; it's for the organ, it's for the athletic department, um, and we'll see how this works out. There is an NFL model uh, in Alabama that worked pretty well. There's an NFL model in Illinois that is a, a train wreck with 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 Lovey Smith. Um, uh, so I'm not sure, you know, Lucci. What do you? Th- I mean, what do you think of Herm Edwards? What you know? What he's bringing to the table in Tempe, Arizona? I, I think it's it's bizarre, but I think it's a reaction hire again. You yeah. know, because of everything that's going on around them. You know, we saw we talked about this. What UCLA did. Uh, you know, they made a big splash. You know, I mean, how many people in the East are talking about UCLA before Chip Kelly goes there? I mean, just don't care. But now they do, and I think Arizona State had to react in some way, shape, or form. I, I think it's curious. I think it's a little strange. Uh, but I'm not against trying something different because let's be honest, since you know they haven't really been a power since Frank Cush was there, and that's got to be 40 years ago. Yeah. You know, so uh, yeah, why shouldn't they try something different? To, you know, to try and get on level ground with the USC or eventually Oregon or Washington or whatever. It might yeah, be. Tony. I mean, Tony, we've talked about this before. The part of the problem with with what this money has done. It's it's given schools like Arizona State money to upgrade their facilities. Where now they think they deserve to be, they should win national titles. Uh, no, I mean they're, you know maybe, but Arizona State has you know pro, is good every six to seven years in a cycle. Um, but uh, everyone can't be in the playoff. There's four spots. Every I, I, I you know. Well, when, when all this money started coming in, I, I was told. This money's going to be used to pay coaches and retain coaches and to build stuff. <laughs> and, that's exa- and, and that's exactly what has happened. And, uh, and, it, and it makes the school feel like they can absolutely compete. But we all know that not you know the Arizona states of the world have a big, big hill to climb. Yeah, and it's going to be the whole financial construct of college athletics right now is really in a strange place, particularly. You know, in a, in a few years, in about eight or nine years, all the TV contracts are going to be up. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the landscape's going to look like then, because cable TV is dying a slow death here. Right. So it's uh, it's it's going to be fascinating because you you can build up this infrastructure and then you got to maintain it, but the money's not there. Well, as ESPN is finding out very quickly, what happens to a to a model when it doesn't work anymore or when it's broken and. Uh, Kind of what newspapers went through, uh, but on that on that happy note. <laughs> so, anybody got anything else on their mind that we need to clean up before we get out of here and uh, move? Yeah, does about? Tennessee have a coach yet, Tony? Tennessee does not have a coach yet, but they do have Philip. I think they get some help with Philip Fuller, sort of leading the charge because the coaches out there they considered wanted no part of Tennessee after that disaster with, with Greg Schiano. At least with Fuller, the coaches are at least willing to listen. Are they going to Georgia, Tony? I heard that that report. The defense coordinator of Georgia was that true? They, they, they had they had a second interview today with Mel Tucker, the Georgia defensive coordinator, who was Nick Saban's defensive backs coach. Okay. Kirby, and came with Kirby to Georgia. Uh, that would be an interesting hire, but you know, it's uh, Mel's a good coach. Uh, I thought they may Tennessee might go back the 
the route and try to get somebody with Tennessee connections. Right. But apparently, as, as we said at the beginning of this call, uh, Nick Saban connections are better than any kind of school connection. Right. Yeah. And, and I feel like Tigers hired by FSU. I think that's an award. That's what I'll be now. It's probably in the next couple of hours. That's what I'm hearing now. So now Oregon's got to make it. Yeah, this is this is another what's my beef. A guy, uh, look, a coach that comes to a place. That, I I I understand free enterprise and all that, but a coach that leaves after one year out of school, um, to the players at, at, that are remaining at Oregon. I don't know what exactly the rules are on this, but they should be, re, you know, released or free to do whatever they want, transfer wherever they want, without penalty, without delay. If your coach can bail on you. Uh, after making all those commitments after one year, then uh, the players ought, ought you know be able to do the same thing. Anybody disagree with that? No, but, but unless he gets caught cheating, they're, they're not going to do that, you know, because there'll be mass exodus with all the coaches moving. Yeah. It'll be like, there's, a small, there's, there's a small disagreement with that, Dylan, only because what do you have 45 guys that want to transfer out because of it? Tough. So, I mean, you can have classes. Well, it, no, hey, I, I, I got to tell you, I was, I was there when SMU got this, and you should have seen what it was like on the campus the day after they announced that. It was it like every every college uh, recruiter in the country was on that campus. It was like a fire sale right. of a market. What about what? Ridiculous. What about a one time? What about a one time get out of uh, you know get out card for you know over the one time? They, they, they've, they've talked. They've talked about that. That you, that you can do it once. That will be interesting. But you guys, you guys know as well as I do. Student-athlete rights are way down the list of, of, right. of priorities. They really are. Well, and, and, and they will justify saying, we can't just let guys leave unless it's an NCAA situation. Well, uh, Chris, you, do you mean that those students that their tagger recruited didn't go to school because it was Oregon? Wait, really? wait, wait! Oh. You wait till ten people, ten star players sit out of a bowl game and and then refuse to play or whatever. You know, it, it, we're I think we're getting to that sort of uh, revolt, of a revolution from the players that are, are watching this. They're going, wait a minute, you know, I, I got a nice uniform to wear, and but I just think it's a you know, it's a slippery slope. And uh, Oregon, I, I it's interesting. I, I thought of uh, if if Taggart leaves, I, you know, they have. They have the coach right on staff, and Jim Levitt, I think, you know, the defensive coordinator they brought in from Colorado, uh, I think would be the natural, easy uh, uh, transition, although I also thought Jeff Tedford with Oregon Roots after his year might be a good candidate, And uh, but we'll see. And by the time we, you know, this is posted, it might all be different. Uh, but I think I, we 42 minutes. Look at the, look at the time. Uh, all right, I think we've done it. Uh, again, thanks to everybody, and I think we'll be doing a few more of these, and uh, certainly a few one, once we get down to uh, Georgia, Atlanta for the championship game in a month. Uh, well, go ahead, Tony. I'll, I'll just put you on notice right now. Southern California is getting ready to be <laughs> invaded. Okay, because there ain't. There ain't nobody going to be left here in the state of Georgia. They're all going to be in Southern California. Here, Tony, here's the good news. The week between Christmas and New Year's Day in Los Angeles is the best week traffic-wise in the, in the uh, city. Uh, so uh, every other week is a disaster. It's, it, but that's, you know, it, it, that's probably the best week you can be out here. Uh, so uh, we'll, we, welcome, we welcome in and congratulate the Georgia Bulldogs 
to the, uh, the Rose, Rose Bowl, and uh, that'll be fun. And, and I will be there covering for TMG uh, happily. And, and is that it? We done? Arriba Dirce, adios, everyone. Uh, and we will be back probably next week. Bye-bye.